that was the 12 Days of Christmas, a Christmas classic. And uh, before that, you heard the 12 Days of Christmas, the Christmas classic. And before that, you heard the 12 Days of Christmas. You're probably starting to wonder to yourself, uh, hey, Steve Schreiber of uh, Public Radio 89.1, your classical companion, why do you keep playing the 12 Days of Christmas? Hmm? You probably wonder that. Why for the last 90 minutes have you heard the same song? Over and over again. Well, I'm going to tell you. Because we did not meet our end-of-the-year pledge drive. That's why. You cheap, mask-wearing, Tesla-driving shits. How many mailers did we send you? Huh? How many hours of painful blather between my colleagues did you just ignore? We desperately tried to raise the funds. You know, they say actions have consequences. But so does inaction. Here's the 12 Days of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love came to me. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Kwanzaa store. Hi, I was wondering, I'm a Caucasian American uh, person who identifies as a man. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big supporter of Kwanzaa, but I don't really know what the heck it is. It's a holiday. Right. And I so support that. And I love culture and other cultures. And I'm so excited to support them. But could you just tell me what it is, though? Yeah, you know, it's a holiday. Yeah. I know, but what? We got candles. Yeah, lots of, lots of holidays have candles. Yeah, but this you put in like a, a, a candle stand. It's a specific candle stand for, for the Kwanzaa holiday. Oh, okay. So that must sort of like the, the Jewish faith lights candles to denominate whatever, uh, horror show from their history they're remembering at this point. What does the Kwanzaa candle stand for? I didn't realize the Jews did that. All our stuff again. Um, well, um, the, the Kwanzaa candles uh, signify various things mm-hmm. like days of the week or your favorite food. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you like weather. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you like weather, a lot of people like weather. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, weather mixes things up. Hmm. And you, you know, some days you're, oh, it's nice. Oh, it's not nice. You know, this make, it, it, it adds spice to life and you celebrate spice that life. spice by lighting a green candle. Okay. Boy, it sounds like you really know so much about this very real historical holiday now called Kwanzaa. Um, yeah. this is so darn exciting. Um, what are the, uh, the origins of Kwanzaa? Was there a, a, a religious element to it? Well, you know, it's kind of up in the air. It was like, well, there was this guy, Mark, <laughs> and he was trapped on top of a mountain. I mean, this is the story. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's true or not, mm-hmm. but Mark was trapped on top of a mountain and all he had to eat was candy bar and a pack of dried apricots. Mm-hmm. And he only had 17 apricots. Okay. 
And so the candy bar he gave to a holy goat <laughs> that came to him on the mountainside it was a mountain goat. Uh huh. And the mountain goat said it was bah, hungry. And, and so oh. that's the blue candle. And then, and <laughs> so he, he gave the candy bar to the mountain goat who ran off. So now he's only got 17 apricots. That's right. And he's like, Oh golly, what am I going to do? I'm trapped in this mountain because the weather's really bad. And there's the weather thing. Mm-hmm. And, oh. uh, so he decided he's going to have one, <laughs> one apricot a day to survive. Okay. And so he's eating, he reaches into his bag and he's eating an apricot. And on day 16, he's like, wow, I'm still stuck on this mountain. The weather's really bad. And I've got one apricot left. And then he reaches into his bag and he takes out an apricot. The next morning he wakes up, he's expecting to start starving, but he just felt like he should reach into his bag. He reaches in his bag and there's more apricots. They keep coming. Huh? Then that's why you have the apricot scented candle. <laughs> it's the miracle. God stuffed his bag full of apricot. Are you sure this isn't just some sort of Yankee candle, uh, like a online scam to sell apricot scented candles? We've teamed up with Yankee candle. Uh huh. Um, but that's not, that doesn't really influence the history behind this holiday. Oh, so, okay. You know, when he came down from the mountain, he finally the weather cleared up and it smelled like a spring day, mm-hmm. uh, which is the green candle, the <laughs> green blue. And then he came down and there was a, a woman named R- Ragu and Ragu uh, ushered him into the house and she was cooking maple cinnamon pancakes, which she shared with him. Cause he'd only been eating apricots for God knows how long and he was sick of apricots. And so he had these maple cinnamon pancakes that he loved. And that's why we have the maple cinnamon candle. <laughs> what sort of dumb, I'm, I'm sorry to criticize another culture. Now I, I came in with my, you know, uh, sense of acceptance and, and, and white guilt ready to support your fine ho- holiday. But this seems, um, like a rambling story of nonsense. Um, you know, the guy who came up with it, you know, uh, he had an interesting background. His, his past was kind of maybe sketchy, but he was redeeming himself. He was redeeming himself by, by developing this holiday and, and for everyone to celebrate. Huh. And Tone Loke. <laughs> I mean, it really was designed for Tone Loke. I didn't know that. Yeah. He was really good friends with Tone Loke. And, and Tone Loke was like, can you do him, give me a holiday or something? He was like, yes. And so he kind of came back with this after a couple of days, uh, um, overdosing on CBD. <laughs> oh, that's where he had the vision of the man with the apricots. Yeah. I see. It's all coming in, in <laughs> becoming clearer now. Now I, I, I know from reading up on it a little bit before calling you to try to do what I can to, um, you know, uh, wash my original sin of whiteness, uh, it, that it's observed, um, uh, by mostly by African Americans. Huh. <laughs> What's your heritage? If you don't mind me asking. I'm uh, white as the, the Arctic snow. Oh, okay. How'd you get into the, um, Kwanzaa game? Uh, I was looking for a job mm-hmm. and 
there's, I walked by Kwanzaa Supplies. It said we're hiring. And so I, I stumbled into Kwanzaa Supplies store. <laughs> Great. It's nice to see someone chasing their passion. It's a pretty good gig because, I mean, they're not busy between January and December. <laughs> uh, what, what are the things that, that you sell? Celebrate African heritage, unity, and culture. Uh, well, for unity, we have, we have basically their pillows that show Chug Knight and Tupac embracing and Dr. Dre. Like all, they're all kind of getting along. Uh-huh. That's unity. I mean, you know, the idea being that maybe they wouldn't have killed each other, you know, had there not been a rivalry. And this is like more of the unity angle. Hey, why don't we just all get along? Um, I see. <laughs> well, that makes me think maybe do you have any sort of, um, Bob Marley uh, items that would help me celebrate African heritage, unity, and culture? No, because he was a stupid Rastafarian. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't know I crossed the line. Those people believe stupid stuff. Hi, Brian. Hi, Jack. How? Well, that's weird. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Wow. You know what? I'm not used to you asking about me. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me answer that. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I'm not good. Uh Uh-oh. I'm not good. This is 2022 has been an exceptionally difficult year. Really? It started off and we're going to share. I try to be uh, the one thing from our TV show days to now. I always find that uh honest before we get to the, the silliness, I always like to base it in honesty. So I will give you my uh, a, a quick honest recap. Um our year started on New Year's Day finding out we were pregnant. Uh Ooh. and we wound up losing uh the baby about five weeks later, our third in a row. And so that was very hard, and it's been nothing but um difficulties ever since. You know, we heard last week on the podcast my daughter Eden. Uh, I think, you know, voicing some displeasure about uh, our move and about her situation. Uh, my children are sad. My wife is struggling. It's all been a little overwhelming. So what I was thinking, I know that you're, um, you're in the self-help game, right? Oh yeah. I love helping people and love helping myself. That's great. That's, you got to start at home. You got to put the mask on yourself first mm-hmm. before you, you put it on the kid next to you on if the plane. If I'm not in a great mood, how am I going to help other people? That's right. I'm so glad you take care. So such good care of yourself. I'm, I, I'm I'm big into humanitarian aid, but I also like Brianitarian aid. You've done a lot of both this year. That's right. Well, I I think that's just great. And um, you've even written a book on sort of um uh on tips and tricks for like uh battling depression, haven't you? Yes, I did. I did. That's so great. Um, what would you mind? You know, I want to give you an opportunity to plug your book. What's the name of your book? Tell the blues to go F themselves. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Picture of me on the front of just like very stern kind of looking, you know, pointing at the, at the camera. It's like, you get out of here, blues. Wow. That's great. What's, what's on the back? Um, it's, it's actually just a full page advertisement. For what? Prozac, the pharmaceutical. Yeah. No, I know it. It's, um, I don't know. They were, they were, they said this would be perfect for us. And I said, sure. 
Man, you must have gotten a lot of money for that. Like for a, a pharmaceutical ad pays. That's great. How much did you get? Well, they, we did. It was barter. <laughs> what a good hearted group of fellas. Those, uh, those drug corporations are. They get slandered a lot and libeled mm-hmm. and slandered. And it's yeah. just terrible. And I, it's just not fair. It's not fair at all. I, well, thank you for, um, being a champion for them. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand why publishers may not want, um, an unlicensed, uh, uh, fringe comedy performer, um, dispensing medical advice. I would imagine that's somewhat of a, a liability concern. That was the, that was the sentiment we got when I, when I tried, I, I did try the pretend agent route. Mm-hmm. Um, I hired a method actor who went around and kind of solicited, you know, tried to push the book. And that was the thing. They were like, well, what are his credentials? And that's the thing. You're trying to sell this book. What are your credentials? What are your credentials? Well, like, wh- where's your medical background? Where's your expertise? How many clients do you have in your practice? I'm like, what practice? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I just don't want people to be sad. That's beautiful. And then when they shot me down, I was like, you make me sad. I wish I had my book to read. So I'm feeling the blues, uh, Brian, you know, what is sort of like your sort of the, the top way to sort of defeat the blues? Um, let, let's say at, at nighttime, you know, the, the kids are in bed and, and, and you want to sort of end your day on a positive note you, to sort of set up your, your day for tomorrow seems sort of odd to start at the end, but let, let's do that. Um, what are some of your tips to sort of uh, beating the blues at night? Uh, well, um, have you ever done like a, like a fun car chase? No. Like an energizing kind of just a nighttime fun ride. Like what I'll do, you know, if I'm kind of feeling humdrum, I might drive up onto the sidewalk and then just kind of really make people dive out of the way, stuff like that, and get mm-hmm. back on the road. And eventually you do that enough. And then, you know, the, the Johnny Law steps in. They, they right. take notice. Yep. Enough people make phone calls, whatever, tattletales, and then, um, and then you've got a pursuit going on. Mm-hmm. And that really puts your life in perspective. Right. Cause before you were just glum. Yep. And you were feeling low. And now you're trying to avoid, uh, at the very least, uh, misdemeanors, uh, but probably a felony. Oh, yeah. And so it's energizing and you, you know, you, you focus, you have like a new, a new feeling of, 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 uh, urgency in your life and all the blues and all the emotional stuff goes out the window, as does any contraband you have in the car, any weapons. <laughs> and then you, you kind of, you, you have a new focus. You have a new desire to, to not get arrested, to not spend the night in jail. And so you, you, you focus on the task at hand. <sighs> so, you know, when you're going a hundred something miles an hour down the, the West Side Highway and, weaving in and out of a trap, you know, really you know, presenting a, a tremendous threat to other you know, passengers, other passersby and other vehicles. You you don't care about sadness anymore. You just want to get away. Right. Whew, it's a good idea. There's no, I don't, I can't find a hole in that one. That's a good one. Thank you. That's a really good one. You know, is there uh, any other sort of, uh, you know, what, what's something that you can sort of do right before bed that's going to get you in the right frame of mind that sort of is, is going to carry you through your sleep so that when you open your eyes first thing in the morning, you're like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good today. Do you have any sort of tips for that? Yes. Oh, good. Could you share it with me? Yeah, I would. Uh, so um, one thing I would like to do, uh, I think to kind of, you know, 
makes me happy is at night, um, I will log into a uh, grinder, mm-hmm. the gay dating app, and I will create a persona. And what I do is I, I will reach out to, I just, I just can download a, a picture of a hairless torso off the <laughs> internet. And then I'll create that as my profile. And, and what I do is I'll reach out to gentlemen and I'll say, help, I'm trapped in a sex dungeon. And I get them into like really excited into helping me and what can I do? Where are you? And I'll say, I don't know. I answered a grinder ad and next thing I know I was knocked out and now I'm, I'm trapped in a, a sex dungeon in some crazy billionaire's apartment in, mm-hmm. in the upper west side and I need your help. Right. And I get people really engaged. Well, what can I do? Can I, should I call the police? No, don't call the police. He'll kill me immediately. Uh, but I, and I'll give them clues. Right. And, and just kind of give them. So what I'm doing is I'm providing an adventure for these, for these men. Right. You know, they, they're looking for casual hookups and now suddenly they're on an adventure of a lifetime trying to help yes. this poor man, Mark Mifford, who's been trapped in a sex dungeon. <laughs> what a gift you're giving. I, you know, to me, and it just tickles me with joy to, to make me, you know, to think that there are people out there who desperately believe that this guy is in danger. This yeah. little twink, Mark Mifford, the twink, the hairless twink, the, this beautiful torso, great abs. And, and he's, he's trapped somewhere in a billionaire sex dungeon in New York. You know, it's so-called experts. And I, a little bile comes up in my mouth of saying that word would say that's unconventional. Yeah. You bet it is. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. You want to not be depressed. Mm-hmm. You need to think outside the box. Good point. What are some things you can do to sort of um, start your day in a way that's going to put you in a good frame of mind to um, not be depressed all day and do a good job at work? Um, well, I would get a bunny basket. A money basket. A bunny basket. Oh, bunny basket. That's not as cool as what I said. Okay, what's a bunny basket? It's a basket of bunnies. Okay. You can go to a pet store, just buy a bunch of bunnies. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can take them and you can walk around with them. And when you're feeling low, when you're, you know, if you look at a beautiful woman and she doesn't look back and she looks right through you and you're feeling like, oh man, am I unattractive? You look at the bunny basket and it kind of makes you warm. It feel, you feel good about yourself. You see those little things twitching their noses and things. Uh, oh. What I would recommend yeah. is you got to enclose the bunny basket somehow. Hmm. Because if they get out and they get run over by the subway, it totally changes your mood. Yeah, because you had a bunny basket. I remember this. I had a bunny basket. Yeah. And I set it down on the subway platform and (laughs) the bunnies were all over the place. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm chasing them around. Some of them wound up on the tracks. It was, it was, it went from being a happy, warm bunny basket day to a, just an absolute bloody tragedy. Although, you know, when I look back at it, I had about 12 rabbit's feet, and those are for good luck. (laughs) I like to think of it as you just fed a couple hundred thousand rats, and that is a gift. That is, you know, and, you know, they they don't know where the next meal is coming. I mean, they have a good idea. It's probably from one of the many restaurants in the city, or especially the Chinese ones. But... Um, you know, you never know. It, it could, the food could dry up. So here mm-hmm. I am. I'm like, I'm like Johnny Appleseed, but with, with bunnies. With <laughs> just bunny livers and, and, and bunny yeah. pieces just all over the, the tracks of the four train. 
Yeah. Yeah. The foot, I mean, the, the trains do a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you saying that. Yeah. I remember, well, there was a woman that she had a home, crazy homeless person had pushed her in front of the train. And I just remember walking on the platform, just telling people, well, you know, people, trains do a lot of damage. And then I led them over. See, I want to, you know, I don't want them to just, you know, I said, don't take my word for it. And so I'd grab people and bring them to and just point them down the track and show them. That's, that's great that you're able to do that. So you were able to just find a bunch of, um, older people going to work or whatever and sort of showing them the damage. Uh, well, no, it was a, it was a, around school hours. Oh God. And so it was a, you know, a bunch of kids going to school and I said, kids, you know, you want a valuable lesson? Let me show you. And this is what trains do to you. If you get in front of them, don't get in front of a train. Do you think the message stuck? I know the PTSD did. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, sometimes it takes a, a jarring moment. Sometimes you, you know, you, you need to slap a hand before it touches the hot rail, uh, before it touches a hot burner on a stove. Exactly. You know, it takes a village. It takes a, takes a bloody crime scene. It takes a bloody crime scene to teach kids not to get hit by a train. Yeah. That's Hillary Clinton's follow-up book. None of these kids are ever going to go in front of a train again. They cer- certainly aren't. By the way, you know, you know who's really accomplished? Uh, Hillary's daughter, Chelsea. I just love yeah. how much she's accomplished on her own. Yeah. You know, it's nice to be the kid of a president. That's, that has nothing to do with it, Brian. It's a weird way of looking at it. You know, last thing. Um, sometimes, as you can probably see from the, the video call here, I, sometimes I eat my feelings these days. Yeah. Yeah. I've put on a couple pounds of, of what I call depression weight. Oh, and is that one that, okay, I thought it was just the, the, it was a blurry, I thought the image was bleeding. No, no, this is what my face looks like now. So, um, I was wondering, yeah. what are some, what are some tips around how to avoid sort of self-medicating with food when you're depressed? Because I, I know lots of other people have that same issue. Emotional eating is a, is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what, what are the triggers for emotional eating? Well, they're emotions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what causes emotions? Well, it's a little piece of your brain up in the front. Okay. And so, uh, what you can do is take a screwdriver <coughs> and put it under your eyelid and just kind of push it and give it a little whack with a hammer. And hopefully mm-hmm. hit, hopefully, I mean, what you want to do is lobotomize yourself. <laughs> if you lobotomize yourself, you're no longer feeling emotions. Right. If you don't feel emotions, you're not going to eat emotionally. You are I just see. going to, you're going to stand there looking out the window. Okay. And that's burning calories. Uh, what? Uh, uh, bleeding from the hole above your nose? If you do it right, it doesn't bleed. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I trust your medical advice. That's that's one thing I've learned. You just clonk out the emotional bit of your brain. Cool. Okay. And that's what it's you, called. I I mean, I don't know because I didn't go to brain school. Mm-hmm. I studied film and television. But um, what I do know is, if you clonk out the front of your brain, like they used to do in the the olden days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to deal with emotions. You don't have this roller coaster. You're just a steady person staring out the window. That's what men used to be. 
And that's what we need to get back to. It's awesome. Well, Brian, I, I can, I can say that I hope everyone follows your precise uh, advice and, and has a cheerful and happy holiday. I know I'm already feeling better. Thank you, Jack. Jack! Hey, Brian, I saw an article in the news the other day uh, that I wanted to talk to you about because I know it's an area of your expertise. Um, the title of the article was America's Golden Parachute. Fort Knox is home to billions of dollars of gold just in case we need it. But the vault holds other treasures and secrets. First of all, that's a paragraph, not a headline. But now you're a, a Fort Knox expert. Is that right? Yeah, I've, I've uh, I studied Fort. I mean, I got into Fort Knox as a kid and uh, just kind of never stopped. I've just I've read all the books on Fort Knox. Wow, that's so cool. Uh, you know, some of the secrets that it says uh, here in the article, it holds tons of gold, literally. Yep. Um, uh, and that um, the uh, current, based on the current market value of gold, it, ha- it contains $273.7 billion of gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people wonder if the gold is really inside or if it's just painted, uh, bri- uh, bricks just painted gold. Uh, it says outsiders rarely get inside. Only one U.S. president ever got inside. A lot, of, that? a lot of treasure there. There's a good reason outsiders don't get in there. Yeah. So I was, I was wondering, you know, can you, can you, you know, maybe, um, lift the lid and, and, and share some of the, the Fort Knox secrets that maybe this author didn't get, uh, into his or her or they's, uh, article? Yeah, sure. That's great. Thank you so much. So, um, how difficult is it to get into Fort Knox? It's sort of famously heavily guarded, but what sort of protective measures are there to keep people from even getting close to the building, let alone, uh, breaking inside? Yes. Well, um, I mean, it's one of the most impenetrable Places on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, in, in structurally reinforced concrete, uh, incredibly thick, uh, with steel barriers in between. Uh, there's only one point of, of entry and one point of exit, so it can be controlled at all times. Uh, there's a moat huh. around Fort Knox. The entirety of Fort Knox is 20 feet deep, wow. and it's filled uh, with members of Islamic Jihad. And they are like a handful of them wear suicide vests. The others have AK 47s. Uh-huh. And so anybody, anybody who winds up in there is, is toast in a heartbeat. So that's, that's what, that's a major deterrent. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you manage to, you know, get past that area, say you're coming in, uh, there's a, there's a 30 foot tall billboard, uh, with Lena Dunham on it. Oh God! Uh, as as a deterrent, just kind of, I mean, you'll see, you know, cars might be approaching even on the highway in the distance. They'll just turn around and go back to uh, whence they came. <laughs> they'll go 180 miles out of their way on a different highway. Yeah, no, they they get out of town. It's uh, it, it is a you know, it's a masterpiece of uh, realistic photography. Um, and I mean, there there's just there's a there's a, a driving maze so you can't go in a straight line you kind of have to zigzag so you can't really speed up into there by any chance you know it's a, another deterrent uh there's a gate system there's a passcode system um you have to do wordle you have four <laughs> minutes to complete a wordle oh, it's impossible and it's it's very difficult and so obviously if you don't complete wordle in four minutes they ask you to leave the premises you need a subscription to Good Housekeeping magazine. 
and you have to prove that you've uh, kept back issues of Good Housekeeping magazine going back to 1983. Oof, feels slightly random. You know, they're, 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 it's preventative. They they want to keep people from getting in there because what's in there besides the gold is uh, some of the most uh, of the greatest treasures uh, known to mankind. Yes. And people kind and lady kind. <laughs> yes, you are exactly right. That was absolutely my next question. It's not just gold. Everyone yeah. just talks about the gold. They're just saying it's a giant vault with gold. But uh, during, I believe, World War II, it held um, different uh, special items from other countries in, in Europe, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just to sort of store them until the – so that way the Nazis didn't seize them. I, I think the Magna Carta was stored in there uh, for a couple of years while – I think it was during the war. Um, what are some of the secret treasures that are in Fort Knox? Uh, well, there's a, uh, the canonical list of knock, knock jokes. It's canon. Yeah. It's every single one that's ever existed in the history of mankind. No kidding. Uh, all of them. And so obviously that is a, a treasure beyond uh, your wildest expectation and it needs to be protected. Wow. That's amazing. And, and are there any, um, any uh, knock, knock jokes about Fort Knox? Yes, but they're knock, knock jokes. <laughs> Right. Of course they would be. Of course. Well, thank God those are secure. That is it's heartening to know. That's great. Yeah. And what, it says, what are some of these other uh, uh, treasure treasures from America and and potentially around the world? Uh, well, there's a, a, a shattered ashtray. Hmm. Why is that special? Well, because RuPaul knocked it on the ground uh, with a feather boa. That's that's. And it just so happened to be in front of the the director of important things for Fort Knox. And he saw that and he's like, you know what? That needs to be preserved. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not going to tell him how to curate. Hunter Biden's laptop is there now. No kidding. Yeah. They want to hold that for posterity. That makes sense. And then they'll, uh, then the, they'll release it in 2000, uh, in the year 2200 and the media can report on it. Yes, you know, they you know they're going to hold off for now. They're just kind of trying to keep it on the down low, right? At least until twenty twenty eight. That's that's great. Um, yeah, uh, is is Hunter Biden in there as well? Uh, we don't know how he got in there with two uh, Russian <laughs> ladies, but he pulled it off, and you know we we saw him all over the the video cameras. Naked, <laughs> wielding a pistol, uh, performing uh, sex acts on these uh, Russian prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we took that video and we we kept that in Fort Knox as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And did you then, uh, did security eventually get on their horses and get Hunter Biden and those two whores out of there? Uh, well, no. It, what, what happened was uh, he was on a, he went on a rampage. Uh, and then he saw the billboard and he, he left on his own accord. Wow. It's, and that, that scared him straight, right? Apparently he's, he hasn't had a, a drop or a, a snort or a toke uh, since that day. That, well, actually, it's funny you say that. It scared him gay. No. Yeah. He saw, he said, I love dudes now. And then that's the, it's all, it's changed his, the, the trajectory of his life. God, you hear that story a lot. You do. <sighs> that's a shame. Um, well, uh, that's great. Uh, any other sort of treasures that we should know about? Is, is there any, any sort of like worldwide, uh, treasure that we'd be surprised to know is in there? Uh, yeah. 
There is um, Amelia Earhart. Oh, oh, wow. You found her plane? Found her. What? She She's in there? She's super old. Uh, she's a little disoriented. Uh, when she crash landed, she whacked her head into the, the dashboard of the airplane, uh, which <laughs> scrambled her brains, but gave her uh, incredible longevity. Wow. It's kind of a, you know, it's a happy, sad thing. Yes. Now she's quite old, uh, but has no idea what's going on. That's great. She should run for president. We'd have to acknowledge that we have her. Oh, right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, here's something else I want to talk. Here's, uh, this is the, the last thing I want to talk to you about Fort Knox, Brian. It's fascinating because, uh, it's also, um, it has the nickname that I saw in this article, America's medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. That it contains that during the Cold War, the U.S. military wanted to be certain that it had a healthy supply of morphine. Yes. So that uh, in 1955, Fort Knox opened its doors to tons of opium. Yeah. Which might explain the Hunter Biden thing. Yeah, that that was the big draw for him. Yeah, he doesn't need the money. He just needs the straight vault of opium. Yeah, no, he was just he was angling for the opium. He said he even said, yeah, I don't want the gold. I got plenty. My dad gave me plenty. Um, I'm on several boards. And, um, I, you know, cause he's a business, business acumen is, is outstanding. Um, yep. so yeah, he said it wasn't about the money at all. He just wanted the dope. <laughs> That's fascinating. So what, what other, um, what other sort of, uh, you know, drugs or foods or whatever are stored there? Because I, I bet Americans didn't know this was the case. It's, it's a fascinating, true, uh, f- uh story, true uh, fact. Well, we have enough pop rocks. To destroy this country many times over, if you were to add them to soda. Oh my God! Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, no, it's scary. I mean, if if those pop rocks or the Mentos were to come in contact with Diet Coke or uh, any you know, carbonated beverage, it could mean the end of humanity as we know it. Andrew, hello. Listen, uh, we have a chance at, at landing some sponsors for the podcast, and uh, Jack in the past has tried doing this for us, and, and he's failed uh, repeatedly, and, yeah. and so I, I thought I'd reach out and see if maybe you, Andrew Heaton, a podcaster extraordinaire, could, uh-huh. could maybe help us land a, a new uh, potential sponsor. Uh, I'm happy to take a whack at it. All right. Uh, so basically, this is advertising, the world of advertising. You get scripts, you read them cold. They want a professional read. You mm-hmm. can't, you know, you, you you can't laugh. You can't be unprofessional. That's that's just looked down upon in the advertising community. Right. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I get it. So uh, you could just go in cold because I'd have to it, it, we'd have to deal with it on the fly, but yes. be professional with it. Uh, so what I did, I just emailed you a script. All right. It's for uh, it's a it's for a company called. Simon Roswell. It's a medical practice. If it's a medical group, that that sounds like it could be very lucrative, potentially very lucrative. These people have a lot of money. You know, the doctors, they they, you know, they they make they make the big bucks. That's why their their degrees are so expensive. Take it away and, and land us this sponsor, please. All right. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by the medical practice of Simon Roswell. For 20 years, Doc Roswell has worked outside the mainstream, helping men and women, but mostly women, fight the aging process with what he considers state-of-the-art plastic surgery. Are you worried that your husband might leave you for a younger woman? Then don't delay. Drop your knitting needles and get your saggy bum into Doc Roswell's Midtown office inside the laundromat. Lose wrinkles immediately by having your face pulled back with banana clips and achieve a slightly surprised Asian look. 
Get your lips puffed out with plumber's putty so you look like a sexy platypus. Doc Rosswell can help you achieve your goals at a fraction of what so-called plastic surgeons would charge. A little touch-up with expanding foam and a Sharpie can help keep the man you love, or at least the man with whom you live, Want higher cheekbones? Doc Roswell has a five-gallon bucket of plaster of Paris and a turkey baster. Need a Brazilian butt lift? Doc Roswell has lifted more Brazilian butts than Ricky Martin. And Doc Roswell never says no. So whether you want your breasts enlarged with Ziploc bags full of Nutella or a garden hose for a penis, Doc Roswell will work with you. What are you waiting for? Plastic surgery at prices that will make your jaw literally drop. For an appointment, leave a note on what's left of the phone booth at the corner of 82nd and 3rd Avenue. Doc Roswell will see it during his smoke break and get back to you. Oh, so close. You know, it, it was it. so much Damn better it. than Jack normally Thank reads. You. It was, it really had a nice professional air to it. Thank you, yeah, a couple yeah. of, couple of unfortunate stumbles. So we didn't. Yeah, so, sorry about that. You know, I, I'm used to having, uh, I, I, re, I realize that, that, that it's the industry standard, but I'm used to having more time to kind of familiarize myself with the script and make sure I don't stumble over it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, that's kind of the non-professional podcaster word, people looking at scripts and reading things. This is advertising. It's pretty much, you know, the copywriter generates the copy, hands it to the voiceover talent uh, and it's on yeah. the air within seconds. If now, if, if we don't get this, do you think I could still get a discount on that garden penis hose? Uh, because I, I like a garden hose style. I guess I uh, here I am misspeaking again. I would love to have a penis like a garden hose. And it, it sounds like this guy could do the job. Yeah, it just depends on the width. You know, some garden hoses are very thin. So you just got to yeah. make sure you specify. Uh, I sent you a second script uh, just you know, on the off chance you, you could land us this one. Uh, did you get it? Yes, Avatar Two. Avatar Two, new movie coming out. It's a, this is big, this is big. I mean, that, that that's going to make a lot of money. This that's, movie, oh, so it's huge. That's, that's the James Cameron film, right? We we could get a piece of this. Yes. Oh my God, the the, the amount of money that that is in there, and and it, at the very least, just to be associated with James Cameron. Yeah. So uh, take it away, please. Okay. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Avatar Two: The Adventure Continues. The next film in a series of 16 by director James Cameron. In Avatar 2, Jake and Neytiri do blue person sex stuff <laughs> and form a family of blue people. They want nothing more than to be left alone and do blue, do blue family <laughs> Do blue family things. <laughs> but then the humans return. And now it turns out old white guy Jenkins wants to cover the entire planet of Pandora in Cinnabon franchises. <laughs> Jake and... <laughs> Excuse me. Sure. <clears throat> Jake and Natiri aren't... <laughs> uh... <clears throat> Jake and Terry aren't liking that one bit, so they set about fighting the humans and their Cinnabon franchises by educating the Pandoran people about the danger of processed foods and obesity, and how capitalism will destroy their beautiful planet of people who all get along. Don't miss the exciting adventure that pits noble blue aliens against evil humans. What a dicky bunch of butts they are. Don't miss the exciting and unforgettable climax that features King Kong, Sammy Agar, Steven Seagal, a mailbox, and Barry Manilow in a bunny suit. Avatar 2 starts Friday, then Saturday, Avatar 3 comes out. In Avatar 3, what up with that? Old white guy Jenkins is at it again, but instead of Cinnabon franchises, it's it's at leisure brand Lulumon, and it turns out the blue folks really like the tight pants because they have the bodies for it. Old white guy Jenkins is thrown for a loop when Jake and Natiri don't get all pissed off at his shenanigans. Instead, Natiri buys some skin-tight shorts that make Jack's avatar dinky tingle. 
Darn. I guess you're not you're not big into athleisure or Lululemon. No, I, I, which is a shame. That was really the only the only stumble I had was just pronouncing ath- athleisure. I hadn't yeah. encountered that word before. Athleisure, yeah, it's that. It's kind of that Lululemon uh, cross between gym oh, clothes. Oh yes, and- I, I live in Austin, Brian. I'm well aware of that. Uh, there you go. Semi formal rock climbing gear everybody wears here. I uh, should. Uh, I guess I should learn the name for it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I, if I had the ability to look things over even five minutes, I'm pretty sure I could give a better read. That's a luxury. We just don't have, uh, I, I sent you a third script. I don't know if you got it yet. Uh, yes. Okay. It's, uh, this is our uh, chance. It's, <coughs> it's bronchitis break. So Thank this you. is, this is for Wampaquisett Valley Resort. So this is, a ch- this is be, it'd be great to have a connection with a resort, maybe get a discount when we oh, go that'd be visit. Nice. And that, you yeah. know, that's one of those things. One of my friends did uh, something like that and they, they, uh, actually gave him a free weekend in addition to getting paid. Yeah. So that, that'd be really cool. Free weekend at Wampaquisett Valley. So please uh, take it away. All right. Questionable Material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Wampaquisett Valley Resort and Casino, featuring North America's only Pocahontas-shaped high-rise. Wampaquisett Valley Resort and Casino has all your favorite pale-faced games like roulette, blackjack, craps, and poker. We have over 30,000 square feet of slot machines, if preferred to mindlessly pull a lever or gamble stick, as we say in Navajo. Wampaquisett Valley Resort and Casino has the region's best and biggest music hall, and we're beyond proud to announce our first annual music festival, Fallapalooza. Fallapalooza will feature the country's best tribute bands performing the music of legendary recording artists Freebird, the Leonard Skinner tribute band, Bad Boy Brown, a tribute to Jim Croce, La Bamba, covering the works of Richie Valens, Ronky Mountain Hello, honoring the beautiful music of John Denver. Fallapalooza will offer a dozen bands covering the music of Otis Redding, The Big Bopper, Patsy Cline, Ricky Nelson, Stevie Ray, Vaughn, and more. Fallapalooza celebrating the very best musicians who came crashing to the earth in airplane accidents. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, our spectacular Fallapalooza lineup ends with one of the largest pyrotechnic displays you'll ever see. A lifelike reenactment of Aaliyah's fateful decision to fly at an overloaded twin-engine Cessna. You'll feel as if you were right there with her, but without all the cumbersome blunt trauma. Fallapalooza at the Wapakwasisit Valerie Resort and Casino. Get your tickets today. Cash or credit cards. Beads no longer accepted. So close. I was thrown off by the whole plane crash thing, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you for trying. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Andrew Heaton. Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 